Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from our little break to um, Paranorm Podcast, the podcast where we discuss all things true crime and paranormal, or basically anything that I fucking fancy for the moment. (laughs) I being Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week we're talking about two missing person cases, um, Mm. because it's my birthday week and I can do whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) Um... That's how I'm feeling about this. Uh, I mean, really, we can do whatever you want. I can do whatever the fuck I want anyway, but, like, this week it's even more so. Yeah. I keep telling Sierra that, and she keeps, like, okay, all right, we're not going to murder someone. And I just, I just look at her, because she, she doesn't really need to know. <laughs> so. I mean, I do, but, like, not beforehand. Yeah. Oh, you need to be my alibi. Right. So. As you can tell, we're in very, very <laughs> weird moods this evening, um, myself especially. But uh, how are you, besides dealing with my weird mood? I feel like I've been good. I'm glad that last week was our week off. It was really, mm-hmm. really crazy with the start of school and just everything. As is the whole month of August for you, I feel like. Yeah, it, but I feel like this week was definitely better than the last week. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm, I'm just glad that about the progress of that. For sure. Coming along. So we're moving out, everybody's, like, figuring out how to work everything. So I think this week was definitely not as crazy. That's awesome. Um, So I'm doing pretty good this week, I think. That's good. Because you've been, like, pulling both of our weights this week in the household. (laughs) So I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that now that we're checking in, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, no, it was fine. I, um... Sierra, Sierra's not usually the one that does, like, the cooking and stuff because it's, like, my stress relief. Mm-hmm. So this week she's had to, like, do that a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think I mentioned that I've been having more problems with my hip. Yeah. Um, so at the start of this week I got a steroid injection and either it went in wrong or something of the, the sort. It just really... Which, ne- like, just go figure. Yeah, it, it pretty much sums up how I live my life. Yeah. Um, but... It, like, really knocked me out, and my hip's been really, really, like, really painful this week. So Sierra's been very kind and just, like, making all of the dinners <laughs> or, like, not even making the dinners, just deciding so yeah. much. Well, I've been, like, I'm going to lay on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was just super. Um, been sleeping on the couch since Monday, mm-hmm. 3.50 a.m. on Monday. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so other than that, this week's been good for me, I think. Um, we're gonna go with that. Oh, oh yeah, Sierra just did so nice and pointed. Um, (laughs) we are almost done decorating for Halloween, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna say that every day up until Halloween, because (laughs) I am never truly done decorating for Halloween. It's the best fucking holiday (laughs) out there. Um, so we just, today we hung witches hats, um... From the ceiling with some, what would you call that, like fishing line? Yeah. Um, so it kind of looks like they're floating and they're going all the way down our hallway and it's mm-hmm. so fucking neat. And then um, we hung one 
over my chair in the podcast room, which is where we are right now, and I'm looking up at it, um, which also brings me a little bit of joy. <laughs> so uh, we got some a really cool skeleton little dude, mm-hmm. and um, I definitely know I mentioned this before, but I name fucking everything. <laughs> uh, everything yeah. has a name in our house. I get emotionally attached to everything in the house. Um, so the skeleton's name is Spencer. Yes. He's hanging from our chandelier in our breakfast nook. Um, and then we have a, another little dude who is a skeleton raven, and his name is Robert. So, yeah, I'm staring at Robert right now. He's in our podcast room. He's pretty cute. I put some fake blood on him because everything always needs fake blood. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where we're at with this. That's, that's as fun as this is going to get, this episode. <laughs> Doing these notes so is a lot. In, guys. <laughs> Enjoy. You're welcome. Okay, so this week, like I said, we're going to talk about two missing person cases. They're not like related to each other and like connected in the the oh, fact okay. that they are like they never knew each other. As far as okay. I know, they never knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both missing, so that's how they're connected. Gotcha. Um, and like the circumstances of the people that are missing are sort of similar, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the first case that I'm going to be talking about, I found out on Instagram of all places. So, before I obviously tell you about everything that I found out, um, my sources, as usual, I'm going to let you guys know, and they're also going to be on um, the blog, Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff with all the pictures and everything like that. And for this case especially, I'm going to have pictures of the women um, that are missing, as well as, like, identifying features, such as pictures of their tattoos and stuff like that, um, and, like, where you can contact the, like, authorities. Authorities, there we go, um, in case you guys know anything about them. Okay. So, all that stuff will be on the blog, but my sources that I'm going to let you know about for this particular case, um, were the, um, do-do-do were a website called InsideMystery.com, the CharlieProject.com, the Star Herald, and um, a Facebook page that I would, like, I would assume was set up by the family or, like, a friend or something mm, yeah. called um, Where Is Renee Diane Yergen? I think that's how you say her name, Yergen or Yergen. I'm going to say Yergen, um, but okay. most of the time I'm going to try to refer to her as her, by her first name, mm-hmm. Renee. So, um, yeah. But, um, so... Little little info on Miss Renee. Uh, she grew up in South Carolina, so kind of close to us. Yeah. Um, but moved to Wyoming as a teen. Is it Wyoming or Wyoming? Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. Okay, Wyoming. Oh, I mean, can't say like for sure, but we're I think Wyoming for those Southern folks. But yeah, um, Wyoming. As thick as that just came out for me. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she's from there. Um. <laughs> she moved. Or no, she moved there when she was a teen. Excuse me. Um. At some point, Renee had lost custody of her children. Okay. Um, it I could not find out how many children she had. I even looked on their Facebook page mm-hmm. and could not find out how many um, children she had, which I feel kind of bad, but I'm so sorry. Um, well, maybe they left it out for a reason. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, so she had lost custody of them at one point and struggled with addiction, which is a very, very, very real disease. Mm-hmm. And it's something very hard to come overcome. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, sometimes it just takes someone a little bit longer and sometimes it doesn't take, like, sometimes yeah, they very, can overcome it's it. It's very personal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at 
Um, also, at some point, Renee had been um, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, okay. which makes sense because people with bipolar disorder not like they have those highs and those lows. Mm. So they turn to like drugs or alcohol or something to they have to have some kind of coping. Yeah, exactly. Um, if they don't like say want to go through the 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 usual route of therapy and um, prescription medication and even then like they still struggle with it because yeah. it's something so so hard to grasp um like for yourself mentally to grasp yeah. that like you don't have complete control sometimes yeah um that's true it's not like it's not something that a lot of people are like overly familiar with mm-hmm. and so you don't have you know you have to find that support wherever you can yeah um, but that makes and, like, it harder. And those episodes, like those manic episodes can just come out of nowhere. So trying to find your own balance within is, is something that's so, so tricky. And, um, if you're, you're battling addiction on top of that, it's, yeah, it's a very, very, very tricky line that you walk. Um, but the, um, the wonderful thing is, before her disappearance, she had been reunited with her children. Mm-hmm. She had regained custody of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, she had recently obtained her GED and a license to tattoo. Okay. Um, and was working two jobs at the time of her disappearance. So, making it work. Yes. She was, 100%. she was being a boss-ass bitch and getting her life together. Yeah. And, um, now I know, like we just stated, addiction is a very slippery slope and it's mm-hmm. not a straight line ever, no matter what anybody tells you, it's not a straight line. Um, so it is like, it is possible going in this direction that she could have slipped, but like, of course, I'll, I'm going to tell you the facts of this case and then we'll discuss. Um, so she had also gotten clean. And, um, was reportedly still sober at the time of her disappearance. Okay. Um, so in 2003, Renee lost a lot of personal items in a house fire. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, that was actually rumored that the fire was started by her boyfriend. There was no, like, indictment or charges Mm -hmm. pursued against him. His name's Joshua Mentor, which I just, he just sounds like a scumbag. Um, I'm going to burn all your shit. I mean, that kind of fits in the movie we were watching yesterday. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We, we watched but, I the, mean, that was a little more innocent. <laughs> yes. We watched The Spy Who Dumped Me because Sierra had never seen it, and it mm-hmm. was quite hilarious. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so boyfriend burns all her stuff. Yeah. Okay. It had also been suggested, suggested, there we go, probably, um, that there was a history of Renee being a victim of domestic violence Ugh. by Mentor, um, with uh, statements made by at least one of the children, mm-hmm. and um, I'm guessing Renee's brother. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was Renee's brother because um, the quote says, and a brother corroborating, corroborating him um, using physical violence against her and her children. End quote. Okay. So, um... Yeah, probably hers. Yeah. Um, so, it was also stated that Renee and Mentor were planning on being, like, married August 22nd. Okay. Of that same year, 2003... No, 2004. Sorry. 2004. She... The year before, she had lost all of her items in the Mm -hmm. fire. And then the year after 
she was supposed to be marrying this guy. So apparently she didn't think that he sent her stuff on fire? Well, I mean, even if she did, that cycle of abuse is yeah. really, yeah. really hard to break. That's so. true. And he probably was like, I didn't mean to. I still love you. Please forgive right. me. I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so she was 24 years old at the time of her disappearance. No. Oh. She, so not much older than myself. Um, and she had children. So, yeah. I mean, there was, there's a, this lady had a hard life. Already at 24. At already at 24, she's had a rough go of it. Um, so on August 10th, 2004, um, in Torrington, Wyoming, I said it sort of right. Wait, We're no. going to go with that. Um, her live-in boyfriend of three years, which was Joshua Mentor, as mm-hmm. I just said, um, stated that around, this is all from the police report. Oh, okay. Um, so Joshua states that around midnight on August 10th, Renee stuffed her clothing, a tattoo equipment, her wallet and checkbook into a plastic bag and took her cell phone and keys and left in her 1987 white Subaru station wagon. So, um, Mentor states that Renee refused to say where she was going, only that she was, like, leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, she left behind, um, her four young children. There were more children in the house. Um. Just, like, four young. Yes. There were four young children in the house that were, um, I believe Renee and Mentor's children. Oh, okay. Um, but there were other children in the house that were just Mentor's children. Oh, okay. So, not, not her other children. Not her other, other children. children. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to, like, figure out, because I know I typed that. I just didn't know where I typed that, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I get all over the place in my notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Minter took the three oldest out of the four that was his and Renee's mm-hmm. um, to the former foster parents, because remember I had said that they right. were in the foster care system, um, and he kept the youngest infant, like, the, the youngest the child baby. was an infant, um, he just, he just kept him and then just dropped off the other three. Okay. Still very, cha- very strange. Um, Renee's other children are not related to Mentor. Okay. Um, so Mentor is then to have reported and disposed of all of Renee's belongings. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's fucking weird, right? Yeah. I was reading the police report and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, just, like, just like that. Like, yeah. not, like... Yeah, that's some Scott no, Peterson she'll, shit. She'll, I know you don't know who that is, but it's some Scott Peterson shit. Like, um, not, she'll come back, or I'm gonna go find her. I'm just yeah. gonna gather all her stuff up and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not suspicious at all. No, definitely not. Um, and they had been, I think they had met, like, a while ago. So it's not like... You know, they, they had just met or something like that. They have a fucking kid together, for Christ's sake. Three years. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's not, like, a, it, like, you live with that person. Like, a lot of our stuff, ha- like, we're not even, like, in a relationship like that. But, like, a lot of our stuff is, isn't just, like, mine or yours. It's, right. like, our stuff. Right. So, so how like, do you, like, distinguish what you're going to take and what you're not going to? Exactly. So, that's, it's just very, very strange to begin with. Um, so, he disposed or, like, donated of, like, all of her shit. Um, he moved in with his family. 
What is the timeline on this? Like the same day? The it's next day? it's like the same week. Oh, like okay. over the course of like a couple weeks, he sells or donates all of her clothes. Okay. Um, because he does both. Um, he then vacates the residence. Mm-hmm. And goes and lives with family, and then um, abandons her children slash his children. What happened to the infant? He takes, I'm assuming it's still with him at this point. Okay. Um, But with Renee's children being put back into the foster care system, they um, are split up again. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, like, the officials, like, the DFAX officials Mm -hmm. thought that they had been um, abandoned by their mother. Oh. So. Okay. It's not, like. They're looking too hard into it. Right, so they just thought that they that she left them. Oh, it's another junkie. She just doesn't want to take care of her kids now. There wasn't anything suspicious, like, for her, on her side. Like, not so much, because this is very fucking suspicious. There's not to, they don't look hard enough, you know? Like, they're, they're assuming that this is just another, like, this is, a junkie or this is someone who just doesn't care about their children. They're not factoring in that she has gotten clean. She has gotten her GED. She has gotten her life back on track. They're just like, oh, this is another piece of trash. Just abandoning their children. Another stereotype situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So Renee's Subaru, because remember that's what she drove off in, um, was found parked at a... um, a Meriden? Is that like a hotel? I'm assu- is that a, yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, in why like at a and located like on a like a rest stop. I don't know why I can't think of that word. It's like an exit. Yeah. There we go. An exit. Um, in Wyoming, approximately forty minutes away. Okay. So from her com- house. So a little bit away, but not really that far. Yeah. That was on August twelfth. She disappeared on August 10th. So, mm-hmm. two days later, her vehicle was found 40 minutes away. Um, but could have been there the whole time because they weren't. Yeah, exactly. For her. Well, it has been stated that witnesses observed it being parked there since August 10th. Okay. So, kind of falls in with that timeline. Okay. Um, which, obviously, is the day that she had supposedly left. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that with the most sarcasm, dripping in fucking sarcasm. It's alleged mm-hmm. that she left of her own accord. I'm eye-rolling, and you guys can't see it, but Sierra sees me <laughs> rolling my eyes right now. Um, so, it had been reported by police that all of Renee's clothes, tattoo equipment, and her cell phone were inside. Um, no money was found, um, and a search of the... Um, vehicle was constru- like conducted and um no evidence of a struggle inside the vehicle was found okay um however it's not clear if like any testing was done on the vehicle like seeing like if there's like any blood mm-hmm. or fingerprints or anything like that um so the vehicle was eventually returned to Renee's mother and then later given to her brother mm-hmm. so this car's kind of been passed around for a hot minute yeah um I mean, they'll never know now. Yes, exactly. Um, So, on August 13th, Renee's mother spoke with police regarding her disappearance and a missing persons case was started. The case was initially initially handled by a Lieutenant Jeff Lamb 
an eight-year veteran to the Torrington Police Department. Uh, Lamb was quoted as saying, I think she left town on her own. But she didn't take her car and she didn't take any money. Or her children. Even, I'm 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 of that mindset that like if she has tried so hard to get everything back, yeah. I feel like why would that's, you just leave it all? Just completely leave it all. Even if she did decide to give it up or whatever, you know, you want to call that. Yeah. Um. Like, why wouldn't she take her stuff with her? Yeah, exactly. Like, at least the part that was in the car. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 110%. Um, and so when he was questioned, when the, like, Mm -hmm. reporters asked Lamb about, like, um, do you think foul play was, played a role in this? He goes, I'm not sure what happened when she got to the rest area. It's your job to find out what happened. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are we under the assumption that you're not supposed to be doing your fucking job? <laughs> Are you just getting paid to sit on your ass? Or am I am I completely misunderstanding <laughs> what a police officer is supposed to do? Because, I mean, lately, we're under the assumption that they do nothing but murder innocent people of color. So, that's just my hot take at the moment. Um, in 2005, so... A year later, um, Lamb was nominated to attend the FBI Academy for specializing in training courses, including, like, legal matters, behavioral sciences, and um, law enforcement communication. So, it seems he did not use any of that in investigating Jurgen's case whatsoever. Um, Typically, officers were not nominated to attend the National Academy until after 10 years of employment. Um, but Lamb was chosen only after three and a half years. So. Mm, that sounds like there's more to the story. Um, yes. Which I'm about to tell you. Okay. So, fantastic. now I saw some win- oh, some whispers on the interwebs of the Minter family having connections to, like, the local government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, I'm gonna go with, this is wild speculation. Okay. Like. I feel like it might have, like, an explanation of, like, the lack of regard for the case or the blatant sexism associated with this case because multiple times in reports they refer to her as a um, drug addict. They don't say anything about her trying to get her life back on track or Mm -hmm. her excellent care of her children. Um, They, and that's of the reports that I could find. Right. Because... They're only focused on their past and not what she had actually accomplished. Yes, exactly. Because this woman doesn't fit the exact mold for the media's grasping of attention or the police officer's grasping of attention. Yeah. So, um... Heaven forbid somebody actually get better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, that being said, if anyone has any information about it, the case is still open mm-hmm. um, because obviously nothing has been found. Um, right. I was on their Facebook page and there has not been any updates in a hot minute. Um, they do like voice their um, concern for other missing women who have been put in the same kind of positions mm-hmm. um, in life. So uh, people have gotten in contact with the Facebook page themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that was... Uh, that was called, what was it? 
uh, where is Renee Diane Yergen on Facebook. I found it in two seconds. So if you guys have any information, shoot them a DM. Um, and then also the Torrington Police Department's phone number is 860-532-7001. Um, so seriously, if you guys think you might know her or if you have any information, it's the looking at the family's post on this Facebook page was absolutely heartbreaking because they still don't know what happened to their loved one. And like, there's not even a lead. Nothing. There's absolutely nothing. So it's just, it's so, so, so sad to think about like that, that, that's someone's mother, someone's daughter. She mm -hmm. has brothers. Like that's just, somebody has to know something. There's yeah. no way she could just disappear. Right. You know? Yeah. That's impossible. It's I actually mean, it's just impossible. Like a, a complete like disregard for or disrespect of mm -hmm. like a human life to not oh, do anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, again, if you guys have any information, please reach out to the Facebook page or the um Torrington Police Department. Mm-hmm. You can remain anonymous. That's a thing yeah. that happens. Mm -hmm. um, no one's judging you for it. But yeah. So that is what I have for Renee Yergen's case. Um, so for my next case, it is that of a missing indigenous woman named Aubrey Dameron. Dameron? Dameron. Um, it's like Cameron with a, C, um, with a D. Oh, so, okay. Yes. Um, she was a 26-year-old transgender, transgender woman. Um, she has... I'm going to give you guys a physical description. Okay. Um, she has brown hair and brown eyes and is of uh, Cherokee descent. Okay. Um, so, oh, uh, so for this case, I used a little bit different sort of sources. Okay. For obvious reasons, because they're in two different places. <laughs> <laughs> um they were the L.A. Times, um, okay. the Charlie Project again, because that is a project that helps find missing people. Um, do do a Facebook page that was also created by family and friends mm -hmm. um, called uh, Missing Aubrey Dameron. Um, and a local news station called KJRH. I watched a couple news clips on there, mm -hmm. as well as just read a couple articles that they had also um Written about her. Written about her. Uh, so, now this, now this particular topic, uh, Sierra, I'm pretty sure she knows that this gets me riled <laughs> up. Um, yes. Yes, <laughs> I'm very aware of the situation at hand. Um, and but, I mean, it, it's not that hard, so let's, yes. let's just do it right, okay? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, so, and that's because of the, like, I get riled up about this because of the sheer numbers that are so associated with the disappearances of indigenous women, um, which last year alone, 2019, um, was estimated to be about 5,600 missing. So, um, and like activists and people in, um, local government mm -hmm. and everything think it's probably much higher. I think it's much higher because, the amount of, one, under-reporting that goes on. Right, yeah. Two, the amount of miscommunication. Three, people are often um, considered white or Latina. 
um, oh, in, in, instead uh, of gotcha. indigenous. So um, there's a lot of a lot of factors that go into this. So it's yeah. definitely probably it's 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 not probably it's definitely underreported in the sheer numbers of it all. Right. Um, and then even those that are reported like misclassified. Yes, exactly. Um, now this doesn't include the added risk for um, trans indigenous. Oh, okay. Women. It's not separated. Yeah. Um, which um, Aubrey was, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so there needs to be some drastic fucking changes because we already know that trans women of color are being affected at way higher rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then they're, they're not being taken seriously mm-hmm. already. Um, so they're... Like I said, there needs to be fucking changes because it's not being addressed as much much as it should be. Because once again, these women do not fit the mold of marketable, marketable, missing, or taken seriously as white women or well-off white women are being taken if they go missing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's absolutely tragic, like Natalie Holloway. That's absolutely tragic. But that same energy needs to be given to... All Everybody. women. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every missing person. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that the media has the attention span of a fucking two-year-old. Mm-hmm. The public has the attention span of a two-year-old. Yes. Um, but it needs to be consistent. Because how many fucking articles can I read about Kim Kardashian in a day? I choose zero. <laughs> oh, no. I don't read any. <laughs> they pop up. Oh. Kim Kardashian got a haircut. Who the fuck cares? No, There's internment camps in China right now. That's we need to be talking about that. Yeah. Um. So, a little tangent for you. You're welcome. <laughs> um. Do 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 do. Anyway, they're not taking this seriously by police. Um. Not to mention the fact that jurisdiction, as I said, is a like fucking unnecessarily complicated system between reservation police and town police and federal police like jurisdiction and communication and all of that is just a very muddy water kind of situation and it doesn't need to be it's like an excuse for red tape yes because a lot of times um men will come on reservations Mm -hmm. and commit crimes and then leave uh-huh. And then the reservation police cannot press, cr- like, tr- criminal charges against them once they leave the reservation because it is no longer their jurisdiction. Oh, okay. So they don't, they can't follow up with that, which I think we need to watch the movie Wind River because it, it explains this really well. Okay. Yeah, um, let's see that. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. We'll watch it tomorrow. And Jeremy Reiner's in it. I love him. Um, uh-huh. He's Hawkeye. Yeah, no, yeah. I got that part. Okay. Um, so, is it kind of similar to, like, we used to have an old rule where, and I don't know if it's, like, old only in Indiana or, like, everywhere, where, like, police couldn't cross county lines? Sort of, kind of, not really. Um, so, like, if you were, um, if you were being pulled over near a county line and you went into the next county... Like, they couldn't, like, come into the next county and, like, pull you over. Yes. Yeah. Um, it would have to be, like, up to federal charges, and that rarely happens. Because it's, like, across state 
yeah lines yes. kind of mm-hmm. okay kind of like that um there's there's obviously more technical stuff to go into it yeah and i'm definitely going to talk about this further because i have a um sadly a homicide that i want to talk about okay um that will get a little bit more of a deep dive into it mm-hmm. um i just didn't want to do as deep of a dive for the legality of it all okay um for this missing person case all right um it is as important obviously i just stated that yeah um however it's just so much more when it comes to murder okay. than it is missing mm-hmm. um so, while I was doing these notes earlier, I was telling Sierra about how angry I was while doing these notes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, at the point of, like, on the verge of tears, uh, because I was getting so upset, um, for many reasons, and I will tell you all of those in, in time. Um, one of those was because uh, I was getting more and more irritated, because I had looked at three different articles, and... Every single time I went to read about Aubrey, they misgendered her. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the the um the fact that this woman is fucking missing and you can't even show her the respect and dignity that she deserves to state her correct fucking gender is just it's mind-boggling to me because it's it's so it's such a simple sign of respect that you can show it's such a simple thing that you can do Mm -hmm. she has a she has she's been transitioning since high school um so um she is just which i'm going to I'm, i'm going to tell you this now i have it written down later in my notes but she had done like the medical like side of it yes um I don't know if she had done, like, the full-on procedure, but Mm -hmm. she had... She was presenting as female. Okay. You can clearly look at this woman and see she is female. Okay. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay. This woman is female. Her family considers her female. Okay. Like, when her cousin was talking to reporters, when her, um, I I believe it was her uncle Mm -hmm. was talking to reporters, he and they referred to her as her. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's, it's really not that hard. Um, it's not like they have a legal obligation to do, like, you know how some people, like, they go by some other name, but, yeah. mm-hmm. like, you have, they yeah. don't have, like, a legal obligation to use that yeah. um, information. Yes, exactly. When like, reporting them. Her name her. was Aubrey Dameron. Mm-hmm. Like, that was on her license, that is how she presented herself to the world. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that hard. Yeah. I, I keep saying that because it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, so, for a little background on Dameron, uh, she transitioned, as I just told you, um, when she was in high school. And classmates would um, stare at her, obviously. Oh, she was from Oklahoma. Okay. So. Already kind of like. Bobble belt. So. <laughs> not great. Yeah. Um, not a great area to be transitioning and she was indigenous Mm -hmm. so that's that's something else that people are not taking too kindly to um because no matter what we say racism is very real um Mm -hmm. our ancestors murdered a lot of indigenous people so it's it's very real um and they would uh stare at her they would sometimes kick her out of the using the rest the women's restroom um which still happens now. Um, Smith says, which is her cousin, um, that there was a time that she went to visit her grandfather in hospice care, and a pastor 
was mm-hmm. there offering support for the family and spotted um, Aubrey wearing her favorite pair of flats. And the pastor scoffed at her and says, don't dress like a woman. And telling her to throw the flats into a, fa- a fireplace. So in that kind of like pressure, pressuring mm-hmm. situation, she does so. And the entire family stayed silent while she was being like accosted by this random ass man. So, I mean, even if she was a guy and she went, you know, when she was a guy, you could wear, you can still wear it if you want to. Yes, like, but it doesn't really matter. Clothing doesn't need to be gendered. That's ridiculous that an item is gendered. Um, so she had been living with her former boyfriend, J.C. Pearson, in New Mexico, um, but left on August 18th. So both of these happened in August. I just realized that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And moved back to her family in Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, to help her, like, uh, recover from her alcoholism, there we go, and drug abuse. So, again, both of these women were not on the right height of the totem pole when it comes to social status. Mm. So, she had been living with her boyfriend, yes. J.C. Pearson, in New Mexico. Okay. But she left on August 18th and moved back with her family in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, and then that was to help with, like, her drug abuse and her alcoholism to, like, help her recover. Because you need family good support. Good support system, yes. yeah. Um, so when she moved, her boyfriend, Pearson, mm-hmm. um, moved to Colorado. Okay. Um, Aubrey disappeared less than six months later on March 9th, 2019. Um, this was, uh... The whole shit went down. At 3.30 a.m., she was uh, seen leaving her home. Okay. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Okay. Um, her phone pinged 12 minutes later at 3.42 a.m. in the same area. So we know for a fact she was in her mother's home, like in the exact area of her mother's home. Uh-huh. Um, and that was the last time she was seen anywhere, mm-hmm. was walking away from her mother's home on um, two, Road 280 North of Grove, Oklahoma. Um, now, we know that she was outside because she had messaged several pe- people on Facebook asking for a ride from her mother's home. Um, nobody knows where to, um, and no one responded. No one okay. that she messaged responded. Um, she's never been heard from again. And it's unclear whether anyone picked her up. So, we don't know if there was, like, somebody that drove by that could have possibly picked her up. Mm -hmm. If she got a hold of somebody on Facebook and then nobody's come forward about it. Well, they should be able to look, like... They should, but it's whether if they would at this point. Um, So, the reason people think that she didn't just leave Mm -hmm. was she left home without her cell phone. She, because it was, it was outside. They found it outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, she left without her purse and her medication. Okay. Yeah. So, like, her hormone treatment mm-hmm. for helping her transition. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but 2019, I'm not leaving my phone. <laughs> I'm no. definitely not leaving my purse. And if I'm in the middle of transitioning, I'm definitely not leaving my hormone treatment. Yeah. No. That's that's not happening. Not on purpose. No, definitely 110% not on purpose. You would have to pry my phone out of my cold, dead hand 
And you know that because my phone's always <laughs> within eyesight. Yeah. Um, just for work reasons alone. <laughs> um, well, sometimes I leave the house without mine on accident. <laughs> sometimes you leave it at a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Good times. Oh, man. Okay. Um, where was so I? She left, she, she left stuff yeah. to indicate she that left... she wasn't actually leaving like to go somewhere for a long term. Yeah, exactly. Plus, if her phone is just randomly outside... That's a little stretch. Like, could be struggle situation. Mm-hmm. So, Danetta Roboth, Robothman, a former friend of Aubrey, um, had called her. Like, uh-huh. there was call records showing that she had reached out and everything. Mm-hmm. And there was no, like... Answer. Answer or legitimate um, time frame for there had... For there had been a answer, you know? Like, not even a voicemail or anything. Like, you call, hang up. You know? Like, how you, you know how you accidentally call somebody and you hang up before you leave a message or anything? Uh Yeah. That's the kind of time frame we're looking at right now for Donetta's phone call. Um, so after she called Dameron's phone, um, she called her former boyfriend, uh, Aubrey's former boyfriend, Jay. Why? (laughs) On March... Yeah, to be seen, okay. Yeah. On March 12th, and said that um, Aubrey was being held against her we- her will in Ketchum, Oklahoma, for drug money owed. Where Bothman said that if Dameron's captors didn't get the money they wanted, they were going to kill Aubrey. She asked Pearson for money and said she'd contribute some of her own to help get Dameron released. So why would you call her Aubrey's phone if Aubrey was being held captive? No idea. Um, when the police interviewed Robothman about what she had told Jay, she admitted that, um, oh God, she admitted that her claim of kidnapping and ransom was untrue, quote, and, um, quote, unquote, uh, was charged with extorting money from Pearson. Why, why would you even, like, joke about something like that? Why, why would you put the family through something like that? Let alone her ex-boyfriend. I don't know. That just doesn't seem like the most, uh, logical person to call. The ex-boyfriend, like, he may still care about her. Yeah. But, like, he's not the most, you know, the first person you would call about something like that. Yeah. So, when authorities asked Robothman about what she thought had really happened to Aubrey, Mm -hmm. um, she said that she didn't think that Aubrey was really missing, quote, or her parents really didn't know her whereabouts. Then why would you make up the whole story if she wasn't missing? I don't know. And it's so fucking just, it's disgusting is what it is. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Because they were friends. Yeah, so... What no. the heck, man? Yeah, not... Mm-mm. So, later, police also got a lead that Aubrey's mother's boyfriend mm-hmm. um, had said that he had killed her. Uh, but they have been unable to confirm this story and haven't had, like, any names of suspects or um, leads other than that in her disappearance. Since March of this year. So, somebody told them that the boyfriend said that he killed her. Yeah, that the mother's boyfriend. Right. 
said that he killed yeah, her. Yeah, not Aubrey's boyfriend. Not but the, Aubrey's the boyfriend. The mother's boyfriend yeah. killed her. Yes. But he didn't... Like, there's no corroboration that... Exactly. So, did he actually it's, say that he killed her? It's blatant hearsay. So. Okay, so probably not. Or maybe, and we just don't know. Or he got drunk and said something stupid. Who the fuck knows? Men are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> The sigh. <laughs> so, um, because of her transgender identity and the fact that it's uncharacteristic of her to be out of touch with her family, she's considered to be highly at risk. Right, yeah. 110% at risk. Um, if you have any information regarding the whereabouts of Aubrey, call the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, and their phone number is 918 253 Four five three one, um, or reach out on their Facebook page. Their Facebook page is very, very active. Um, the last post was three days ago. Mm. Um, it's super duper active, and it is honestly so so hard to look at. Um, yeah, I can't imagine because you can you can tell. I'm, I'm tearing up now. You can tell how much this woman meant to her family and friends. Because they post constantly mm-hmm. on holidays, birthdays, everything. They still have vigils for her. Um, and that was the case with Renee as well. They still have vigils for Renee. Um, however, it is, it is so hard to see that these, these people have no sort of closure. They have no idea what happened to their loved one. And um, that's, that's all they, they are consumed with right now. Because that's, that's the most important thing. Right. That they and the longer it goes, the less likely it is that she'll be yes, found. Yes, exactly. And that was what one of her, um, I believe it was her sister, it was either her sister or cousin, um, said, I want her found, not forgotten. Yeah. So it just, it's, it's just an unthinkable thing to have a loved one and you don't know where they are. Yeah. Um, so seriously, guys, if you know anything, please help these people. Now, I wanted to, like, touch on this topic a little bit more because okay. this is such an important topic to me um, because it is a crisis that is being swept under the rug, as I said. Um, it is so, 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 so important that these women are spoken for about, like, the rate that they are disappearing, mm-hmm. um, the rate that indigenous women um, or women of color are disappearing. It is so, so important that these women are spoken for because... They obviously are not being voiced. Like, they're being voiced, but their voices aren't being heard, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and federal studies have shown that in portions of the country with large indigenous populations, mm-hmm. um, women are killed at a rate ten times higher than the national average. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about my least favorite man on the planet. Um, in November of last year, mm-hmm. 2019, obviously, uh, President Trump signed an executive order establishing a federal task force to explore what he termed a crisis of violence against indigenous women, which it 110% is. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it is something that needs to be taken seriously. It's something that needs funding. It needs voices. Um, it it's been brought to the attention of the fucking president for Christ's sakes. And yeah, if he can he, stay off Twitter for more than 20 minutes, that's something. 
Um, so attorney, attorney general William Barr announced that $1.5 million would be targeted to hire missing person coordinators, um, in the attorney general's office. Yes. Um, that handle large caseloads of indigenous areas, um, including, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, and Oklahoma, and to establish better protocols for handling such cases. So there is work being done. However, right. it's nowhere near the level of what it needs to be. 5,600 women missing. And that's that a rough know, estimate. That we know. That exactly. we have any idea about. Exactly. Um, so, for years, activists and even state officials have acknowledged an inability of tribal officials and local law enforcement to work together, which I... I which is just ridiculous. It is, it is so, so ridiculous. Because you know that the tribal officials are trying... Well, I mean, it's and just, it's, like, we can't get over, like, differences or ego or whatever, you know? Oh, you know it's a dick contest? You know it. Um, so, they, the lack of communication, the lack of wherewithal to solve them, um, has led to four out of five indigenous women experiencing abuse in their lifetime. Um... Top notch. Yes. Uh, the uh, a website called nonprofitquarterly.org reports that two thirds of case inv- cases involving missing or murdered Indigenous women slash girls throughout the U.S. have occurred in the past decade alone. Well. Yeah. So it's like recently skyrocketed. Yes. Um, these statistics are dating back to 1943, now becoming an epidemic. Um, many people ask why it hasn't been covered, and that's because 95% of these cases do not leave their local market. And again, that harps on the fucking fact that these women are not marketable enough for media. Which doesn't make any sense. They're not it's a pretty a blonde human girl. Being. It's a human being. So like, exactly. If you should... You know, in theory. (laughs) (laughs) Apply to everyone. Yes. Um, So, to speak more on the um, LGBTQ plus Mm -hmm. aspect of it, the LGBTQ plus... um, Community? Community, thank you. Hate crimes rose 17% from 2017 to 2018. 17%, Sierra. Yeah, that's a lot. You think? <laughs> um, so, one, one out of two trans women face violence of some sort throughout their lifetimes. Yeah, that's... Yes. That's, a, that's not great. I mean, I'm not surprised. Oh, uh, honestly, no. But, like, the fact that I'm not surprised about it... Should... should resonate with someone yeah you know um so to finish out um i'm going to read what they posted on aubrey's facebook page on her missing page okay um quote they said uh aubrey will not become just another statistic we will bring her home these numbers need to be shared awareness needs to be raised in both of these communities and things need to change we are failing as a nation as a race as a community, to provide protection, resources, guidance, or just support for these minorities and many others, which is 110% the case. These, we are failing these women. Yeah. I mean, we're failing ourselves. Oh, 100, 
I keep saying that because it's true. One hundred and ten percent. Yeah. This is a problem. Yeah. So, that is my <laughs> very wonderful case to brighten all of your days. Mm. Um, basically, I want to finish out everything. Like, I just I want to tie this whole little episode out. Um, with vote, y'all motherfuckers need mm. to vote. Um, because our system is broken. Um, I'm just really chipper right now. Can you guys tell? <laughs> um, things need to be done. Things need to be said. Write your local lawmakers. Vote these motherfuckers out of office. Um, but yeah, that's what I have for you at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Aren't you I'm so just glad like, we recorded tonight? I'm like thinking about these cases and I think also thinking about, um, you know, the human trafficking aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And not to say that that was what happened to them or that they weren't, like, you know, some other situation, but the level of human trafficking that is going on Mm -hmm. within the United States is just astronomical. Yeah. And so I can't imagine that there are not cases of like correlation yeah correlation so those people who are missing those women who are missing from this population like how many of those are trafficked Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a business you know yeah so it's it's not and it's in a community that's already weary of the federal government right so those so it's not human traffickers can take advantage of that population yes for multi in for multiple yeah because they're not getting attention. They don't get national attention. Yep. Uh, you know, people aren't actually looking into their disappearances. It's quote unquote common mm-hmm. that people go missing. It's common for these women to experience violence in their lifetime. So it's not something that they are that that is a shock to the system. And if they're so, already like put out there on the fringe, yes. of society. Yep. And they just like fall off. Not and, even by their own doing. By like. Our social, uh, not even our, people's social standards of yeah. today. Yeah, so they're already out there. And if, you, if they just, like, fade into the background, like, nobody, yeah. not that nobody cares, but as a whole society, together, like, we don't Yeah. pay attention to it. Exactly. Um, 110%. Um, but, yeah, so, guys, fucking vote. Donate reach out to your local lawmakers and politicians because this is this is a really big issue. The only way we can change it is by doing something. Yes, by getting all the old white men out of power. <laughs> Sierra's just <laughs> staring at me. Um she's this election season's been great. <laughs> um yeah, so we will be back next week. Um we're going to record next week on my motherfucking birthday. <laughs> So, I don't think you guys are ready for this Virgo energy. <laughs> How many hours did you tell me I had until my birthday week? Uh, well, now you have 26 and a half. Oh my god, guys, I have 26 and a half. <laughs> uh, Sierra knows that I don't start my weeks until Monday, so that is why we're not counting tomorrow as yeah. my birthday week. Um, it just doesn't function in my, my Virgo mind. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what we're doing. I can't wait to eat cake. Sierra's going to make me a cake. 
I'm very excited. I'm excited for everything. <laughs> so many things, so many plans have been. We're gonna do like a. I feel like made. we should we should do like a like a Patreon exclusive present opening video. Oh, we can do that. We can do that. Okay, yeah. I feel like that would be fun. <laughs> Nobody's gonna care, but I'm gonna care. Um, you guys can see my witch hat. We can open it in the podcast room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna be super fun, and I don't know what we're gonna we're gonna talk about next week. It will probably be some dark shit because that's how I fucking roll. <laughs> and it's my birthday and I can do whatever I want. So, yeah. I do what I want. <laughs> I can cry if I want to. It's my birthday. Um, is that how that goes? <laughs> that's not how that goes. How does that go? Because was, it was on a movie. It's I was my party and I'll cry if I want to. Oh, I thought it was my birthday. Well, I mean, you could have a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Um... That's it. I don't have any more. I'm just rambling now. You're welcome. Well, Go do whatever you need to do. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's see her plug all the things. <laughs> Go for it. I'm in a mood, I told you. <laughs> so, Paranormal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Emily always posts um, funny memes and stuff about the episode when it comes out, the pictures and all that stuff. Yes. And um, then we have our blog where you can find... The pictures and sources and information about the episode, uh, so you can reach, you can find us. Not well, you can also reach us at paranormalpodcast.com. You can send us a message through there, or you can send us an email to paranormalpodcast.gmail.com. Yappers. And um, as always, feel free to support us on Patreon. Yes, we need motherfucking patrons. Okay, <laughs> I am not too proud to fucking beg. And I've had just enough wine to ask y'all bitches to support <laughs> us on Patreon. The more people who support us, the more fun, exclusive content we can provide. And the more content we can provide, period. Because yeah. your girls are broke. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that's probably everything. Um, I'm thinking about getting a turtle. So, if you guys think I should get a turtle, comment on our latest Instagram post. Yes. Or just, like, a turtle emoji. Oh, my gosh. Do it. I dare you. Guys. (laughs) Sierra's not on board with the turtle. Also, if you have access to any large fish tanks, let us know. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good day, night, whatever time of the fucking day you're listening to this. Have a good one. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye.